Warning, this unofficial 14th installment of Spyrokin Review Podcast's Bondathon will contain adult language, mature situations, retired agents returning to active duty, knock-off familiar characters, a very familiar plot, bad overacting, a reattempt at introducing modern gadgets to an old story, uh, kind of better done, not really, underwater fight, and a cameo by Rowan Atkins. Listener discretion is advised. Spark in Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Never Say Never Again. Again. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark in Motion Picture Review. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we are back for another fun-filled episode of the Spark in Motion Picture Review. And more importantly, it is our Bondathon. Our marathon of James Bond films leading up to No Time to Die, which, according to certain recent news, may be pushed back again. So if that happens, I think I'm going to go insane. But because we have so much time left and we want to make sure we gave you as much Bond as possible, this is a very special installment of the Bondathon because we're talking about a film which is not one of the 24 Ian Fleming, well, more importantly, the Eon films that were brought to you by Broccoli. Yes, this is one which is interesting. It's not produced by Eon Films, but it's by Talia Films by Jack Schwartzman in association with Kevin McClory. And this is one which we talked about all the way back to our Thunderball episode. And we're talking about the whole copyright issue. Now, the controversy was when Thunderball was created, there was an agreement between Ian Fleming and his friend, Ivan Bryce, to create the possibility of a Bond film. And they were going to do Thunderball. Now, Eventually, Broccoli got a hold of it, and it became a huge court case in 1963. Now, it lasted a long time, and eventually, the agreement was that they can use the bond rights. However, uh, this guy who was awarded it gets primary control of Thunderball and a couple of other stories. And I know that's a bit confusing, so long story short, McClory wins the court case. And they make Thunderball for Eon Pictures. But no other version of Thunderball can be made for 10 years following its 1963. In the 70s, he starts working to create Thunderball again. And the original new title was going to be Warhead. And it was going to star Sean Connery. This is not an Eon Picture, though. Because there's there's difficulties. Because Eon Pictures is trying to get some copyright restrictions. Even though he won the court case. And he says that they can only he can only work on a film based on a Thunderball novel only. So it works around it. Tried renaming it to James Bond of the Secret Service, and then it, more legal issues occurred. Long story short, they decided that they would name it after the pledge that Sean Connery made after he finished uh, Diamonds Are Forever, which was he's never going to play Bond again. So I said we'll name it Never Say Never. Again. again. And that's what happened. And this is never say never again. And this is... It's crazy how many people they had involved in this. Uh, there were hundreds of other actors. They wanted Richard Attenborough to be the director. Orson Welles was supposed to be Blofeld. They had so much. To get him back was absurdly, well, long and insane. So, like I said, this is Never Say Never Again, directed by Erwin Kirshner and produced by Jack Schwartzman. Uh... And this is an adaptation of Thunderball. 
Now, what do I mean by adaptation? It's pretty much a blatant shot-for-shot remake of Thunderball. Some of the scenes are perfectly exact. They did change stuff enough so that's like, oh, this is different. Uh, for example, they changed the age of James Bond. It's no longer a James Bond who's young and in his prime, just beat Goldfinger, and he's now kicking ass. It's James Bond at a... He's old... more seasoned. He's way more seasoned. Also... Instead of going to, like, the hospital to, like... Recuperate. He's going to clear his body of free radicals and... Toxins. And eat healthy things and... So no smoking, no caviar, no that. I almost like this one better. I know I'm jumping the gun. But yes, so this is a very different version of Bond. And they kind of made this to piss off Ian, uh, Eon Films to fight with them. That's actually what led to our last movie, which was made in response to this movie. It was actually a retaliation. So, like we said, this film is... A readaptation, reimagining. A couple of characters came back from other films. A couple ones we've never heard of were here. Now, first off, some of the new actors in this movie. You had Pat Roach from Indiana Jones. If you don't know who Pat Roach is, he's been seven characters in the original Indiana Jones trilogy. If you remember the pilot, uh, the mechanic that he fights underneath the airplane, that big burly guy, that's Pat Roach. Uh, the big foreman in Temple of Doom who gets crushed by the rock crusher, that's Pat Roach. The guy who gets shot with the gun in... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that's Pat Roach. The Nazi that he kills with a tank, that's Pat Roach. He's a very versatile actor. In this one, he plays a Spectre assassin named Lip. He's okay in it. Uh, you have uh, Anthony uh, Sharp, who's Lord Ambrose. He's the kind of boss man going on. You have Pamela Salem as the second Manypenny. And let's be honest, this Benny Penny is younger and, like, doesn't really fit... She's pretty, though. She doesn't fit the role too much, though. She's just very different. Um, you have Alec McCowan is Algernon, a.k.a. Q. So, officially, Q now has the name of Algernon instead of uh, General Boothroy. Different, so, it's, Q is a different character, and this is not the same Q. This Q is neurotic, he's pessimistic, and... He is what you'd think of a quartermaster in a spy organization. He's like, we, they dumped me into the basement, and if the CIA gave me an opportunity, I would quit immediately. And he does throw a very subtle joke towards the audience. Like, I hope this is filled with sexy women and, and action and gunfights and exotic locations. He's like, eh, maybe. <laughs> very cleverly done. You have uh, Gavin O'Harley playing Captain Jack Patachi, who they change, because this is the... In the original version, this was the guy that they had them change his face to become someone else. Now they just, oh, he changed his eyes. That's all they did. They No sur corrective surgery, just they fixed his eyes. It's very different how he dies in this one. Uh, you have Edward Fox as M. And it's really just one eye. Yeah, it is just one eye. Like it's fixed. You have Edward Fox as M, and this M is like a younger M. He's a bureaucrat. It's like the old M got fired and this guy's supposed to take charge and he's not a good M. He's just kind of like, yeah, you gotta be, you can't be all uh, misogynistic, you can't drink, you gotta be healthy, healthy, healthy. I don't really buy him as M. The other M's, and we've had three M's so far, and all the other M's, you bought their authority, you bought their 
tenacity and you bought their authenticism. This guy, not so much. Uh, instead of Orson Welles, you have Max von Sydow as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. And this one just straight up is like, yeah, I am the leader of Spectre. I'm not number one, I'm the leader of Spectre. He's the, the, the master of Spectre. Instead, number one is actually Emilio, or sorry, it's Maximilian Largo, played by Klaus Maria Brandhauser. Which, unlike, his middle name is Maria. Okay. Whatever. But he is Maximilian Largo. So remember, Emilio Largo, really cool villain, had an eye patch, and was, like, he's playing the game like he's talking to Bond. Like, yeah, I don't know who you are, but he totally knows who he is. This guy is a billionaire simpering asshole. He's, if money can't get what I want, I'm going to take care of it. And while he does get his hands dirty, he seems not as threatening. He's more like having a tantrum throughout the film. Like when things don't go his way, he's like, fine, no. You won't you don't love me? Fine, I'll sell you to the to the to the Turks. Not too much of a fan of him. Uh you have Bernie Casey as Felix Leiter, the fifth Felix Leiter, sixth Felix Leiter, something of that nature. And there's Felix nineteenth. But this Felix, he's Eh, he's okay. He's passable. You have Rowan Atkins, the future Johnny English, or Mr. Bean, if you know him from his comedy days. He, I thought that was hilarious. He is playing a foreign office representative in the Bahamas, and he is Johnny English, like proto-Johnny English. It makes the movie feel less... It adds a little bit of levity and humor to it, but he just doesn't fit exactly. He's like been thrown in there for reasons, and he, he does play the stuttering, the the inexperienced operative who's never been out in the field, but it just doesn't fit too well in the movie. It feels like that should be in a different movie, but however. So now we have our two Bond girls for the movie. First off, we have Barbara Carrera as Fatima Blush, who's based on Fiona Volpe, who was the girl that got killed in the Mardi Gras scene. Instead, this is a crazy, sex-crazed nut job who wants to hunt down and kill James Bond. And her whole thing is she has to be the best. And it's very weird how she is. She wants to be infamously the best. Fatima Blush, she played the game better, I think. Yes. And not Fatima Blush, uh, Fiona Volpe played the game better. Fatima Blush is just bombastic and over the top. But I love her as a psycho. Oh, she's... I thought she played crazy, like, spot on. Oh, she plays crazy 100% more more insane. Like, But I think that out of the two of them, Fiona Volpe is the one that's going to get close to you and kill you. Fatima Blush is the one that's going to be outside your window burning her name into the, into the grass. Saying, love me or I'll kill you. Yes. So both equally... Great villains, but one is just crazy and the other one is more methodical. Uh, replacing the original Domino, you have Kim Basinger as Domino Patachi. They changed the last name because it's more modern. And Kim Basinger as Domino compared to the original Domino? What would you think? I, so, I like Kim Basinger because I was channeling some Batman vibes. 
from one of my favorite Batman. Well, movies. this is before Batman. I but still yet I was channeling it. I think she's beautiful. She plays stupid fairly well. Um, she was plausible as a dancer. Great arm candy. Like I, I like her in this role. It was a a different take on Domino. And yeah. I and I liked her in it. Yeah, because the original Domino was by Claudia Auger, and she she did a, she she's a beautiful, intelligent young girl who completely. did who did a great job. Kim Basinger's Domino Patachi, unlike Dryle, is more of a. I felt like her Domino was fell victim better to Stockholm syndrome. Yes, yeah, she did, but he, but Domino, this it was Domino just played in a different way. But this domino was more plot element, I think, because it was, oh, if I can't have her, no one can. The other one, she was still considered his girl until the end of the movie where she, in the original Thunderball, she kills him. She kills Largo in in the middle of the boat. It's And it's not, it's, oh, you're just locked in your room. This one, it's, you can't, if, if I can't have you, I'm going to sell you to someone else and leave you to die. It's a little more sinister. And she handles it a little better, though, I think. So it's kind of they're both equally good for different reasons. Finally, last but not least, returning as James Bond, who do we have? Sean Connery. Yes, Sean Connery is back as James Bond, even though he said he wasn't going to do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they blackmailed him, or there was another reason why he did this movie. Do you disagree? I don't think they blackmailed him. I think it was just kind of one of those... It was enough money. Sure, why the hell not? I can do this role. But I, what I liked is that because he's a little bit older, he I thought he looked better. He had like a little facelift or something. He was looking sharp for an older guy. And I liked that the women in it were more suitable to the age gap. Uh, I think Fatima Blush, yes. I don't think uh, Kim Basinger, but... But, I, but but it wasn't super romantic between him and Kim Basinger. A funny fact. Do you know who hired Kim Basinger for this movie? Sean Connery. His wife. Yeah. Also, fun fact, his wife came up with the title. If you watch the end credits, it says, Never Say Never Again by Michelle Connery. So that's kind of cool. But, but she also played it like not as the massive love interest. He was just like, hey, play along. Yeah. Go with me on this one. But this... It, but this film is a little different, it's a little more violent. Now, fun, another fun little factoid. This film, the choreographer for this movie, was a little up-and-coming actor who is known for being a sheriff now. Steven Seagal was the choreographer for this movie. I think he's better suited for that than... To being a crazy person? Yeah. Now... Like, I thought he did a great job. He did an okay job. This movie's a little more violent, a little more physical compared to the original Thunderball, but it doesn't work as well. Because Sean Connery, he's good in this, but he looks like he's... But he's playing an older agent, like a retired agent. So it does fit that, but it's just... Some things are better, some things are worse. Again. So, to explain this movie, it's virtually... It's... I say, go listen to our Thunderball episode, but no... So, opens up where James Bond is now a teacher at the MI6 Academy. 
but he's going in for his routine training uh, evaluation, and he fails it miserably. He gets stabbed. Now, in one of the, it's very similar to one of the older ones. Um, from Russia with Love, where it opens up and James Bond gets killed, and then they remove a mask, and it's not James Bond. But this one, James gets stabbed, but it's a fake knife, and it's not. It, it felt like it's a twist. So he fails, so his superior says, listen, you failed this, you're not healthy enough, you drink too much, you smoke too much, so we're going to send you to a health clinic to get back in shape. And then he goes to this health clinic, and it's very, uh, would you say it's holistic? It was very... Yeah. Strict. Yeah. New, like, new agey in the sense that it was all about super health conscious diet. And. And it's just. It feels like one of those yoga retreat places you go to where you pay a lot of money and you don't get to eat good food. It's like, wait a second. It felt like uh, the Welcome to Wellsville. It's like the Kellogg Institute where they're going to yes. give you a colonic and. Yes. Just, Exactly. So you're going to eat dandelions and... Uh, and then you could have another enema, and that's going to make you feel better. And I love that James Bond snuck in caviar and, 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 and wine. Uh, no, no, it, was just, it wasn't wine. It was uh, Bollinger. It was yes, Bollinger. It was Bollinger. <laughs> it's like, I have Bollinger, I have caviar, and... The thing's really worth living for. So he goes there, he's completely not listening as they're doing this, and... He sees uh, the sadomasochistic nurse show up. And this is Fatima Blush, just like the original where she's sneaking into a guy who had surgery. But unlike in the other one where the guy's face is completely covered, you don't know what's going on. This one, just his eyes are covered. That's it. Eventually found that he had surgery on his eyes to connect to a scanning device. Long story short, same as last time. Bond is seen by the bad guy and she sends an assassin to kill him. And unlike last time, it's done very differently in... Thunderball, he was connected to a stretching machine, and they just turn it super along, and it looks very awkward, like he's humping the the machine as it explodes. This one, the guy just straight up, as he's lifting weights, puts it on the weights and just tries to kill him with the weights. That leads to an actual kind of cool fight sequence, but that's what Pat Roach is good for. He's good for really intense fight sequences. How it ends is really kind of... Well, they go all over the place, and no one notices that they're fighting. I do like at one point... There's like... Because people are like watching television. And, and they kind of like, stop and they're like, oh, they're... And he like looked. And he's like, oh. It's like, oh, I'm just here watching TV. And they all would start inching away slowly. But it ends in a very, well, anticlimactic way. Oh, also the pun game is very small in this one. A couple other issues uh, before we go further in the plot. There is no opening sequence. There, so there's no gun barrel, and there's no typical Bond opening. You just have the music playing in the background. And yes, the opening music is called Never Say Never Again, but it's not as Bondish as you'd expect. Very unmemorable soundtrack. So, turns out that the whole thing is that the guy who's doing it is an actual U.S. Air Force pilot. And he's a, he works for Spectre. It's not that we killed this guy and replaced him. No, this is the actual guy who works. I like the, the how they how they got the bomb better in, in this one. I thought it was not stealing the plane and then crashing it. Yeah, it was, and like he like snuck off to do the eye scan, and no one really noticed, and so it loaded the real thing, and then it like I he had I to actually liked, hack I, into a computer to yeah, get this to work. Like I which, liked this better. Which kind of was cool. Him getting the surgery on his eye, no computer would have recognized that as a real eye. That looked horrific. 
That looked re- it didn't look like a real eye. You could just put a contact lens in, but his eyes all red and bloody. It'd be like error, error. He had he had Well it's eighties. It's the eighties. But it was eighties eye surgery. Yeah. I thought it was plausible for the time period. But that's a little bit of a nitpick. But anyway, so he's supposed to have the retinal pattern of the president. So he ends up... It's a huge MacGuffin with a cruise missile. They sell the wheel, the the warheads and they're going to use it to extort billions from the NATO government. Same, as, same heist as last time. The difference is that in that one, uh, uh, Domino's brother is killed underwater when he gets out of the airplane. They just cut his his breathing valve and kill him there. This one... Fatima drives next to him, throws a snake in his car, and then blows up the car afterwards. It's kind of... She's batshit crazy. She threw a snake in the car to scare him. To crash in the car, which would have killed him anyway, but then she blows it up just to be safe. After retrieving her snake, because apparently it was her friend. And it was not a venomous snake, so it's kind of... What the hell? It was just like, crazy woman, loves snakes. There's so many bitter, like... And I hate to say this. Kit and Wink did it better. They said, here's your money, and there were scorpions in the box that killed the guy. It was someone, and, and, and you know we didn't like Kit and Wink. We did not like Kit. But they did it better. They really did it better. Uh, they killed the guy better, but so they cover the tracks, and now, because of all these issues, uh, Lord Ambrose, the foreign secretary, tells M he has to reactivate the double O section, and Bond has been reactivated after... Well, he said everything was fine because apparently his doctor said that everything was fine. His back's a little strenuous, but it's... <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway. So, he ends up going... Instead of going to the Caribbean, he go, well, he goes to the Caribbean, stays in the Caribbean, and he meets Largo. And, well... And blush there, and un- like in the original one, it's it's very different because the first one is the rest of the movie takes place in Bahamas. Mm-hmm. This one starts off in the Bahamas and then goes to France. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy there. It ends up where they go to a casino event and they play a video game to to get money, and the video game's connected to to your hands and gives causes electrical shock. It's called Dominion. Or domination. It's very not bondish at all. It was the most. It's very awkward. It was video game I can think of. This the graphics were terrible, and this it was not a real video game, and it's just you have. Invented for the time. Invented for the time, but not like as thrilling as a game of baccarat, or yeah, they're playing baccarat in the original. Yeah. It's just, their their interaction, it was more... Because the whole thing is that when they're, they're, they're talking, Largo's like, I never lose this game. And then Bond beats him and he says, fine, uh, uh, I, uh, well, I never, I never, well, I never lose either. He wins and then he's like, oh, here's your $300,000. Well, how about this? We'll exchange it for a dance with your girlfriend. He's like, okay. And just rips it up. The, Which is weird. the relationship between Domino and Largo are very different. In the original one, it was more like she was his ward. Yes. Like she was his niece. They weren't let's be honest. They weren't fucking. This one, they're fucking. We know they're fucking. They're they're in a relationship. And he's very attached to her. 
Early on, we see that he's in his command center, and actually his command center is hidden behind her dance studio on the boat. They weren't sleeping together in the first one? Are you sure? It's... it's I thought they were. You know, she sleeps with Bond. They don't really mention that it's like more like he's her patron, and she admits he's his, her patron. Kind of weird. It's like, we don't... They don't... It's implied but never explicitly said. This one, it's explicitly said that he's going to marry her, he loves her, and it's, he's, he's... He's equally batshit crazy for her. Like, when he discovers stuff going on, he has a tantrum. Okay. Largo is more in control at all times. This is more... Like, these characters are more batshit crazy. Other thing is that how Bond first meets Domino, original, swimming, water, cool, this one. I'm going to sneak into a massage parlor and say I'm a masseur. masseur. Is that it? A masseur? A massage therapist. Yes. And he starts giving her a massage and runs off. Yes. One thing I do like is when... Other one, he's invited to this casino event. This one is a charity event. He has to sneak in. And how he sneaks is, and he gives the guy a bomb and says, yeah, if you drop this, the bomb's going to go off and you're dead. I loved that. I thought that was that, hilarious. And that's one of the best parts of the movie is he just says, yep, here you go. If you drop this, you're going to die. So there's no if ands, or buts. This Bond does not give a shit anymore. It's not the, I'm going to try to be sneaky. It's, I'm old. I don't care anymore. So... His contact gets killed in a more horrific way. The other one, she's just tortured and... In the other one, she's just captured and tortured. This one, she is drowned in a waterbed. Which is a lore. So his, his contact gets killed. And then he goes in a chase sequence with his superbike. Which... <sighs> um, how do we describe the superbike chase? Well, it's like a kit bike. Like it was built as a model, and it's like this is your special Q built branch. I just built this yesterday, and it's is dinky. It's like a, a crotch rocket. It's like a crotch rocket, yeah. and it doesn't. It feels like this should be in Fast and the Furious or like a Mission Impossible movie. It doesn't really fit the Bond mythos. Also, how it ends is really stupid. It's he gets knocked over by a bar that Fatima just pushes in the way randomly. Mm-hmm. Most likely, would have sent her flying. It wouldn't. Have, but he gets knocked off the bike, and then she says that you have to write that I am I am the best. I am your number one lover. That you loved me the most, and then he kills her with an exploding pen that Q gave him. The gadget. The pen is mightier than the sword. He hasn't worked out all the kinks yet, but it worked fairly effectively. I still say that the one that was done, that his usage of a pen in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was better than this one. Because that was clever. This one was just kind of like, eh. Also, the pen was more classy in that one. This one was like a Union Jack pen. I expect to have one of those sliding, you know, where the, the, the picture moves when you slide it. But anyway, so that happens. Fatima Blush is dispatched by being exploded. And then it goes to a huge chase sequence, the underwater 
sequence. Well, actually, before that, Largo gets jealous because he sees Domino kissing Bond, and then he knocks them both out and sells them to some Arabs because he can. Are these people members of his secret organization? We don't know. Why does he have a base in the middle of Palmyra? They don't explain. It's just, oh, here's a, my secret base of operation. I have a secret castle for no reason. And I have Arab men I'm selling you to because I can. Because it was probably like a, I don't know, an affordable lair. An affordable lair, it's similar to how we, when we talked about, um, what is the one before uh, Octopussy? Uh, for your eyes only. How just randomly it's, okay, I have a cool base here in Greece. But instead, for no reason, we're going to go to a secret chateau on the top of a mountain for no reason. For not even plot convenience. It's like, ah. But it was an airfield. It was one of those things that's like hidden in plain sight. Like, where would a villain have a lair? Well, this one wasn't that. This was in the middle of the desert just because. Land was cheap. Maybe, because it's next to the water. It just... This scene was terrible in the movie. And... Well, they get rescued by a submarine. And they find out where the secret uh, location of... Where they're going to put the bombs are because of a MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. It's a necklace that they hint at earlier. Which is essentially has the location designed of the necklace. And it's called the Tear of Allah... And it's a desert oasis off the Ethiopian coast. And it's an ugly necklace. It's a really ugly necklace. But that's where the secret location is because apparently under the water there is a secret temple. So they throw in a temple because temples. But it felt very Indiana Jones-ish. It did feel... If they had focused on that instead of all the other stuff, I think this would have been a better movie, but... Because it's really cool, the fight sequence of him sneaking in and then him ruining one of the statues to stop them. That was cool. But then for no reason, he said, okay, we're going to take the bomb, put it underwater, and then we're going to reenact the water fight scene for the first Thunderball, which I didn't find impressive. This one was much worse. It's lo- But the thing is, like I said, the Thunderball fight for the first one, you know I hate it. But that one, I, it felt better, more action. This one was just kind of... Same thing, uh, but it wasn't as good. It was more murky, even though it was more modern times. However, one thing I do like better that they did in this one is that she kills Largo underwater in a scuba suit. So she's underwater in a scuba suit and shoots him. Not just, I'm on the boat, I found a, a spear gun, and I'm going to shoot you. Uh, one... I still like this James Bond. I like this movie. It is... Uh, alternate reality for Thunderball. Thunderbolt. Thunderball, Thunderbolt, yeah. Thunderball. I, it's an alternate reality. Like, it's like take two. Like, let's try it again. The The end of this is that he diffuses the bomb, and like all Bond movies, it does end on 007 is where it ends. And then he retires, and then he's going to go to the Bahamas, and then Rowan Atkins shows up for one last little gag for dumb reasons because they want to hire him back, and that's how the movie ends. This movie... <sighs> I mean, it's missing the Bond music. It has a little bit of it, but it's not as... I love when Bond gets in a car and starts driving and it's like... 
This one has. And then you get the horns. And this one ends with a wink. It ends. He winks at the camera at the end. There's an alternate version that he wanted to do because he's friends with this actor that he was going to walk down the street and bump into someone. And guess who's the person walking? Roger Moore. Ah. And they and and he'd look at them and say, "Never say never again." To, to Sean Connery and that's how the movie was supposed to end but Moore was contractually not allowed to do it and they were going to do a bunch of other movies too they wanted to do a bunch of other ones because here's the thing up until recently spec after Diamonds Are Forever you never heard of Spectre again until the Daniel Craig uh, Skyfall you never heard of Spectre because the, le- the legal uh, obligations in this whole thing. This movie brought Spectre back. So the next Bond movie that was a non-Eon film was supposed to be uh, another James Bond movie, but with Spectre. It just never happened. And it just... It, it, it would have been weird to have seen two films competing with the same character. That'd be so weird. But I'm kind of intrigued in this alternate world where they did do that. Now, let's say what else. First off, acting-wise, Sean Connery is in this. I mean, Sean Connery is Sean Connery. He, he does a good job. He's he, he's a little bit... He's not phoning it in. He's back for it. But this is a one-off. He's He was not going to do this again. He wasn't going to do this again. But he was, also had practice. Because he's already done this movie. He's James Bond. He just—it's like slipping into a new shoe, which was great. Uh, uh, Max von Sydow as Blofeld. It's Max von Sydow. He is a great villain. Period. Rest of the actors, I can't stand most of them. I don't like them. Like, if this was a different spy movie, I'd be like, okay, this is okay. I have issues with this. Now, even if I take it out and say, okay, let's take out the Bond aspect, let's look at the spy movie itself. And let's let's take out comparing it to Thunderball. First off, is this a good spy movie? I liked it as a spy it's movie. It's okay. It's okay. I don't like the villain. Like, Maximilian Largo is a... He's not sinister. He's a, he's, he's a, a petulant child. Like, yeah, he's a billionaire businessman and he's Spectre number one, but he's not imposing, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, like, if I want a billionaire that's imposing, I think of Strongberg, where he's like, here, I paid you the money. Go in this elevator. And then he kills them in the elevator. He's like, wire the money back to me. Like, that type of moment, I don't think that this Largo ever had. I don't think he had that moment of just, you fear him. No. He's more comical with that. But but he wasn't as harsh. He's not as harsh as a villain. But but the whole plot thing of how they're going to steal the nuclear warheads wasn't as vicious either. Like it wasn't as vicious. No, it, was, it, it wasn't he kill, killed the three the three pilots and then steal it. He didn't do that. This is we're going to just break in and then kill the guy who did it. Very But that's more Fatima Blush's job and she did it. She was an insane villain. I would think she would have been a great villain if she was the main villain. She's too crazy. No, she's crazy, but she's 
Like, the next time we see crazy like this, I think, is Goldeneye. But Xenia on a top, she's crazy, but she's, like, you fear her. Like, she's sexy and she's and she's scary at the same time. Fada Mablush is, I look like a crazy nutjob who escaped the crazy house. And I'm sadomasochistic, but I'm weird. I but treat I'm, you nice, but I smack you. But I am woman. But she's the type of woman that would say woman. A woman. And like I said, she is the girl that would stand outside your house after one date and think that you're not you don't like her anymore and would be, Or that you were engaged. And and would go crazy when you say things didn't work. And probably kill your cat. Like Kim Bay no, was it Kim Basinger? Who was the one who was in Fatal Attraction? Oh, Glenn Close. Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Like that. Like Cook the Bunny type nut. And Kim Basinger, she's an attractive actress, and she does a she does good with what she has. Yes, she does good with what she has. She, but she is. She was a dancer. She's a damsel in distress. She makes a great damsel in distress. That's her thing. She's a damsel in distress. Later on, Kim Basinger becomes someone who is both a, a double threat, a damsel, and she could be a hero. This one, she's more. Oh no, help me and yeah. <sighs> Could go further into this. Um, I mean, overall, is it the best end all be all James Bond movie? No. No. Do I still like it as a spy movie? Yes. Do I still get a little James Bondish? Yes. This one to me feels like James Bond for television movies. It feels like a TV movie James Bond, whereas all the other Bonds are movie theater James Bonds. And this one had the best... Does that make sense? It makes sense. This had the best opening record of any James Bond movie up to this point, but that's probably because it's the return of Sean Connery as James Bond. Because Sean Connery is James Bond. In the long run, though, it did, did earn less than Octopussy. It earned a lot less than Octopussy. Octopussy felt like Women of the World Unite, though. Like, once you find out that women are strong and beautiful and and um, can still be independent in a James Bond movie, I think women of the world went out and were like, okay, this is my Bond movie. And if we just go on Sean Connery, he is witty, he's entertaining, he's got great dialogue, he is amazing in this movie. He's lost none of his charm, and he's still this great, uh, he's had a little work done, stylish hero. Oh, yeah. He's... James Bond. If you're going just to see Sean Connery back in as James Bond, you'll just ignore all the other crap. It's... I will say it is... Like, the ending is very confusing. And it is a little... It's not as confident as Thunderball. It's not. Thunderball was confident with what this one was very... It's very what? It's it's hard to for me to say it's it's comparable. It just feels like the TV version. Like TV version is like slightly more simplified, not as horrific, a little bit more you know audience wider audience approval. But you still had James Bond. Like if they had anybody other than Sean Connery in this, this would be terrible. Right, but I like it. Sean Connery is what made this movie good. This movie is good. 
it's not great. It's a Bond film. Like I said, it's not... It feels too much like a parody to me. I and I and like I said, it's the four points that the four things you you love about a Bond movie. It's Bond, whoever plays Bond, the Bond girls, the Bond villain, and the gadgets, or the car. Mm-hmm. This one, the gadgets, meh. The Bond girls, they leave lasting ins- impressions. Like like I said, Fatima Blush, she's not the best Bond girl, but she's out of her fucking mind. And Kim Basinger, she's a damsel in distress, but it's Kim Basinger, so. Well, her was, cocktail dress was not one of my most favorite Bond girl cocktail dresses she, of all time. It was beautiful. She, and she was she's beautiful. arm candy. It, you remember her, though, because you're like, okay, you remember her. It's not a great memory, but it's you remember her. And Largo, like I said, he is a neurotic, vulnerable... Like, he feels like a child doing a tantrum. And he, he's memorable, but it's not a... Like, he's more memorable than a lot of the other, other villains. But he's not as impactful, I think. But Sean Connery makes up for so much of that. He he is carrying most of his film like a good Bond movies, and while most of this movie is a more miss than hit, in my opinion, I think it's 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 okay. It's a TV version. It's a TV version, and the plot is... It's going to come on at 11 o'clock at night, and I'm still going to watch it. It's I hate it's to a say, TV James Bond I hate to say this, because this is Sean Connery, but this is a... For our rating system, this is a keep on in the background while surfing the internet for porn. Or surfing the internet for anything else. This, this movie, it's just keep it on in the background. It's There's some great scenes in it, but for the most part, it's feels well what it was it was a cash grab it was a i have to keep this license so i'm gonna make this movie and that's what i that's my opinion of it and i'm sorry for being so negative in this episode i really do feel bad for that but just that's my feelings about it and I, like I said, I like it. It just feels like a TV version of it. So you'd have it stream it once? I would watch it every time it came on at 11 or 1 So you, you think it's a higher rating than some of the other I'm not going to own it, but I'm going to watch it when it comes on TV. Okay. So I created a new rating system for it. No, you can't. So no. out of our rating system, would you, you're saying this is bar from Friendworthy? Have it on in the background. So, so, but that's low. That's, that's why I, I have it. I still like it. Okay, so this is I like I like it more than you. So, even though I'm giving it a, oh, oh, so this is a guilty so it's a guilty pleasure movie. I can I can get by that. I can get behind that because there are guilty pleasure movies I think are terrible and I enjoy. Flash Gordon, <laughs> for example, or like The Room. I give that a take it to a priest purified and burn it. But it's one movie that you have to kind of observe and watch anyway. But yeah, we give it that rating now compared to some of the other Bond movies. Um... Well, we're going to have to wait and see. If you guys like this, let us know. Email me, zanspiker.com, or check out... And tell him how right I am. Tell him what you think. And with that in mind, I think that's it for this episode. We can't talk about much else. But be prepared, because soon we're going to be talking about the final Roger Moore movie. Yes. Which one is the final one? The one with the only actress that Roger Moore hated. 
Grace Jones. Ah. Fun story behind why he hated her. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But that in mind, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you next time. Keep watching movies and let's get back to being Eon Bond. <laughs> oh, we can't use that for this one. Sorry. Bye. Never say never again. My name is Bond. Oh, you're Mr. Bond. I believe I'm having you in half an hour. Oh, splendid. Your room or mine. Have you, Mr. Bond? Oh. 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 
You're marvelously well equipped. Thank you, James. So are you. Good to see you, Mr. Bond. Things have been awfully dull round here. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. I certainly hope so, too. Bunt. The game is over. Sean Connery is Ian Fleming's James Bond in Never Say Never Again. Bunt, the game is over. Take him a bit. Hey, do smart. That belonged to Napoleon's empress. That is my greatest treasure. Take it. Take it. But be careful. That is your wedding present. You betrayed me. But I forgive you. What about my brother? Your brother. I hate you. I hate you. Domino. Domino. You're crazy. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 